After this episode, Sean and I are going to be taking a bit of an end of year break, but we'll be back in action with new episodes every week starting on January 10th, 2017. We hope you enjoy today's episode and have a lovely end of your year. I feel like I crawled up inside of Carl. Oh, you what? I have a mental fog happening. Carl, isn't that what the fog is called in SF? Oh, the San Francisco fog. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Carl was out in force yesterday, not so much today. Yeah, it's just been snowing here. Snowing and cloudy. That's what I mm. feel like in my mind right now. Snowing and cloudy. Is there snow on the ground? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot? I have to wear boots when I go anywhere now. Unless I fall down or get my pants wet. I hate both of those, so I'm going to wear the boots. Makes sense. And today today it was single digits. Like it was like seven degrees most of the day. Like during the daytime? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It's too cold. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of college. I had to walk to class in the mornings. Super cold, especially for- Uphill both ways? Well, so, I mean, I could, yeah, basically, yes, because I had I didn't have enough money to pay for a parking pass, so I had to walk a ways uh, from the free parking lot, and uh, it was terrible all the time. My freshman year, I had, a, I had an algebra class at 8 o'clock in the morning, so I had like a mile- walk to my classroom every morning. I don't know why anybody would ever purposely schedule something at eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I don't know. It was all right. I mean, I went to most of the classes, I think. So it worked out, but that's how I feel in my brains right now. I'm having trouble. I'm basically like I'm looking at all this code and I'm trying to familiarize myself with all this new code and I'm trying to make lots of notes. And that's the only way that I can make sense of anything is if I like leave a breadcrumb trail behind me so that I know where I've gone. Is this code for your, your new gig? Uh-huh, uh-huh, yep. So this morning, I hooked up Stripe Connect. Um, if you're not familiar, if anyone's not familiar with Stripe Connect, it's just allows you essentially to be the middle person in transactions so you can collect money from people and then pay money to other people. And that's that's partly, I mean, that's basically what this app does is allows people to sell things and then we send the sellers uh, money. And uh, so yeah, I set up Stripe Connect and now I am going through the purchase and order flow, trying to make all the notes, just make sure I completely understand that. And I'm writing a background job that will run whenever, I don't know, every night, every two nights, whatever. And what it'll do is it'll take all the remaining balances or outstanding balances for the stores and it'll just initiate transfers to them. Sounds like a fun little challenge. Like it's not hard though. It's not a difficult thing to do. The difficult thing is all of the all of the context that's happening now. So if I if I had myself made the order flow and how orders and products work together, then it wouldn't be difficult. What's difficult is understanding all of the other things that are happening, the moving parts, and then uh, making sure that it works fine. So obviously, you know, writing tests for it and all that are, are huge, but. I realized that I needed to go back a step and write more thorough documentation on how the order flow works because I have the gist of it, but I don't think that's good enough. If I'm if I'm doing something that involves money and involves, you know, touching at least two or three other classes, then I should definitely have like a rock solid found like understanding of how it works. So that's what I'm doing is I'm just going back and I have a markdown document and I'm just it's almost like I am the debugger. So I'll start order.purchase and then I'll just go through all the methods and I'll describe what's happening at each step of the way. And that seems to that seems to help. Yeah, I've actually been doing a similar thing lately where uh, actually in the most recent project I've started, I just have a research.md file next to my readme. 
and I just kind of write down every flow before I build it out. Or if I'm thinking about, okay, I'm, I need this new model, how is that going to interact with other, other things? What all does it need to have? And, and I just kind of write things out like in sentences and paragraphs before I do any code stuff. And it, it seems to make things a lot, I, I wouldn't say quicker, but it makes the implementation, the implementation bit much more smooth. Oh, completely. Because I think what happens there is it allows you, like once you write all that stuff down in plain English, you can kind of remove yourself from being sucked into the app and then you can step backwards and you can see a more more of a, a holistic view, more of a, a bird's eye view of everything, which is incredibly helpful. And I think that's what I'm struggling with right now is that there's lots of little moving parts. And once I kind of get all these written down, um, I can take a step back and get a better view. One thing I've been doing is I've been taking uh, classes that interact with each other. Uh, for Rails, I'll go to schema.rb and I'll pull out just the two tables, like say if these two things are touching each other. I'll take those and put those in one document and I'll look at them side by side uh, because it's easier for me to see at a quick glance instead of scrolling around or jumping back and forth with finding. Um, that's helped me a lot, but I, I can't say enough how important documentation is just all around. I mean, in, in researching, like how am I going to implement this feature in, you know, solidifying how it works and in alerting other people how things work, especially if you're planning on handing out software. Documentation is so important. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times there's the two extremes, right? You'll either have somebody who just goes in and starts coding everything without really thinking th thinking it through first, which kind of results in a giant mess. Or you have the other side, which is at a lot of big companies or, or at various studios and stuff, there will be a super long planning process where you build out a dozens of pages requirements document and then work based off of that. And I, I feel like that makes a lot of sense and it can be good, but it can also kind of box you in. At least for me, I'm never able to figure out everything about a project up front. There's always stuff, no matter how much time I spent writing out a requirements document, there's always stuff that's going to change during over the course of the project, whether because it was something that was an oversight on my part or because of the client changing their minds, whether that client is a company I'm working directly with or who I'm contracting for, it doesn't really matter. There's always going to be changing requirements. And, and so I, I feel like, I don't know, I've just been trying to find that middle ground between the two extremes. Yeah. And one thing that I've noticed too is when I jump straight into programming things, I tend to name things not very well. And having kind of a scratch document allows me to tweak those names and make sure that I'm actually communicating clearly as opposed to just communicating really quick uh, thoughts, if that even makes sense, quick thoughts. Uh, when I program a lot up front, quick thoughts aren't really, they're not clear. You know, they're not put together very well. And I end up confusing myself down the road because I won't necessarily remember exactly what I meant. And so, yeah, writing the documentation for it obviously is huge. But writing writing plain English or pseudocode up front helps me kind of tweak the naming, helps me tweak, uh, you know, like should this method, can this method be broken up? Can this be separated out to a different class? Can can things be cleaned up a little bit? And the benefit of doing the pseudocode up front is that nothing's set in stone. I mean, nothing's even being run. You can just copy and paste all you want. It doesn't matter. That I mean, that alone in and of itself is a huge benefit because I always, like, especially if I jump into code first, I end up making lots of changes. And so I iterate as I go, which kind of slows me down, to be honest. 
because I'm not, you know, it's not as fluid. I, if, I, if I change something, it's going to affect other pieces of the application. So yeah, pseudocoding to me is huge. So that's kind of what I'm at right now is I'm, I'm in like a pseudocode documentation loop uh, and it doesn't necessarily feel productive. And maybe that's why I feel like I'm in a fog right now because I don't feel really productive, but um, it's kind of like working up to the point where there's going to be a, an explosion of productivity because I did all the hard work first. Yep. And that's where it is. It, it's, it's that putting in that groundwork that really doesn't feel like progress and, and in some ways isn't progress, but it actually it actually is in the end. Yeah. So uh, what's new with you, Paul? What's been going on in your life other than being shrouded in coral? Well, I resigned or I put in my resignation rather with Imagix uh, the other day. My last day will be a little bit before this episode comes out. Mmm. Mmm, indeed. Mm, it's a year of changes. Yep. Year of changes. So, I'm moving uh, to the mountains next? into a cabin with no electricity, no computers. <laughs> that sounds nice. And I'm going to farm until I die. Farmville or what? Like Minecraft? What's going on? There? Oh, you said no computers. No computers. Interesting. So you're going to real like farm in real life. Yep. Subsistence farming. Hmm. Well, I did go to a Christmas tree farm yesterday and that's what it felt like. What? <laughs> yeah. They sell like you, you go out and you point at a tree and they chop it down and they're like, here you go. They wrap it up for you. Hmm. Never done that before. I walked into an old barn and I swear like Dwight Schrute plus 20 years was sitting there at the desk. It was a really strange experience. There's like all these model trains going around. It was crazy. I like model trains. Yeah. I actually am not moving in case you thought I was moving and never going to be on a computer again, Sean. I'm not. (laughs) I don't know if I tricked you. Uh, no, I'm actually starting sort of like you, I guess I'm taking on a CTO role at a very young company. That's where it's at right now. That's what everyone's doing, taking on these roles. It seems to be, um, hopefully it'll be really good. It's pretty scary, but, uh, it should be fun. Yeah, it is kind of interesting. Uh, I, we talked a little bit about it, but when I first was approached with the opportunity, my first thought was like, there's no way I'm qualified to do that. And then my second thought was. Again, there's no way I'm qualified to do that. <laughs> so yeah, it's interesting. Like it's it's going to be a huge growing experience for me for sure. Because I mean, obviously, I, I have experience with Rails, but this this isn't uh, like anything I've done before. Because even though I've worked on a project for a year before, I knew there would be coming a day where I wouldn't be working on it anymore. And it's not like I'm be working this job forever, but it's different because the, the the code is like, I have ownership of it, if that makes sense. And when you're contracting, as much as you want to feel like you have ownership of it, you don't. Right. Yeah. You're always kind of preparing to give it away when it's, when it's for somebody else. But when it's actually your thing and you have, you know, some sense of actual ownership or literally ownership stake in the product, that makes it so different. Yeah. It feels, feels different. I'm sure that that feeling, it still kind of feels like I'm contracting on an app just because that's the only thing I know, but I'm sure that'll wear off. But I'm looking forward to really just kind of digging out. I'm looking forward to being able to actually become an expert on something as opposed to knowing a little bit about about a lot of different things. So that's actually really interesting to me because in taking this position, I'm one of the things that I'm a little bit concerned about is that it's going to push me towards becoming even more of a generalist. I'm already such a generalist. I don't have any one thing that I am an expert in. And now in a CTO role, it's like I need to make decisions about every single aspect of a product. And that seems like I will never have any specialties. <laughs> <laughs> Which maybe that. that's not a bad thing. I don't know. I mean, I think like in my case, it's more like I know that I'm not going to be working on a PHP project next month. 
or sure. I know that I'm not going to be building a node project next month. And that's what was hard for me with consulting is you can't just jump into a node app. You know, you get you have to kind of know what you're doing. And same thing with Rails. You can't really, especially if you're building something for a client, you just you can't just jump in and just suddenly be doing something. It takes a while. And essentially now I'm skipping that step where every couple of months there's that takes a while period to ramp back up. And that's what I'm looking forward to is is having more constant momentum, I think. All right. So what is the thing that you are, I guess, most concerned about or or most not sure how it's going to work in, in your new role yet? Um, that's actually a really good question. Uh, so te- like technically speaking is just, got, I guess, like onboarding. So right now there's there's not really a flow to onboard people onto Stripe Connect. And so one of the things about this industry, the furniture industry is what is, I've been told this is that a lot of the furniture industry is pretty antiquated, right? And that's why the the founders of this app wanted to, to start it in the first place because there's a lot of people that they could help um, give their furniture a new market. And because of that, I need to do a really good job at onboarding, you know, kind of like hold their hand through the process, make sure it's really clear and do all that stuff. Now, my job for a long time has been primarily, here's a design, make it, or here's here's an app and here are a bunch of designs and make it. And now it's, this is open-ended and you have the power to make the choices here. And so I guess that's what I'm most concerned about is, and I guess that kind of plays into your, your generalist statement as well is, you know, I'm going to be doing some design work also. And it's not that I'm scared to design. It's I want to do a right job or I want to do a good job for the people that we're trying to build the software for because it actually helps their businesses. Yeah, that's actually the exact same thing that I'm most anxious isn't quite the right word, but anxious about is just that I've got, you know, I have some wires for key flows done and uh, we had a style guide set up that I've implemented, but that's about it. For most of this stuff, it's like I need to actually design these pages. I kind of have a big box of Lego, and now I have to figure out the right way that that actually goes together to make a usable, nice feeling thing. That's a good way to put it. A box of Legos. You got a box of Legos, and now you have to put it together. I mean, there's obviously there's like user testing, you know, and there's you can hire creative writers or you can hire copywriters and stuff like that. But you know, especially for a young startup, you want to be saving money. You don't want to be burning up your budget. You want to make things just go a long way. So it, it's it's difficult because there's a lot riding on your shoulders, I guess, right? Between the application development, between the design stuff, between the DevOps stuff and, and, and all that. So yeah, I mean, I have a circle of friends that I hate up and I show like things that are in progress, like, hey, what do you think about this? And one thing I noticed right off the bat, which I thought was interesting is uh, previously when doing contracting work, I would show someone something if they didn't like it it didn't really mean much to me, if that makes sense. Like I obviously cared what they thought, but this is much more personal. So when I show someone something and that I'm working on here, it it's, it means so much more when someone has good feedback or negative feedback. I kind of feel bad for saying that because obviously in consulting, you want to have your client's best interests in mind. But it's kind of different when the, you you're working for lots of clients during the year. You know what I mean? It's kind of like you become not really jaded, but not really sensitive to that anymore through repetition. Yeah, I, th- I think that totally is a thing. Going back a little bit to what you mentioned about having that group of people that even if you don't directly work with them, when you can just kind of show them things, bounce ideas off each other, that's been something that's super useful for me as well. Um, just just having people whose opinions you value and trust who 
can, you can have that mutually beneficial relationship where you're both working on things and you can both bounce ideas off, off of each other. And I think that's been such a huge thing for me. Yeah, it's such an invaluable resource. Just, I mean, everyone talks about how important networking is in our industry, but it really is because just beyond like job prospects and, and trying to get hired, uh, your network are the people that you ask for feedback and the people that you directly learn from. The people that you allow to um, sculpt your trajectory as a as a programmer, so it is hugely important, you know, to have that. And uh, we're pretty lucky to have you know have people that are around that are willing to offer offer feedback. And and what's cool is that some of my community also is his previous clients, they, you know, clients of apps that I've worked on. And I think that's really awesome because they are able to give feedback in a sense of they've worked with me before and they've hired me before to do things. And yeah, they're my friend, but I feel like the feedback from them is almost more honest in a sense. Yeah. It's kind of like the, the remark I made maybe last week, probably feel like when a friend tells you your band's good, you're like, oh, okay, thanks. But when someone else like you have more of a professional relationship with says it, it means a little bit more. Yeah. And I mean, both of us have actually ended up in a situation where now we've taken on CTO roles with people who are former octopus clients. That's true. <laughs> and that's kind of a weird, that's kind of a weird thing, but man, it really, those, those relationships that you, that you build really can be pretty important, surprisingly years down the road. Yeah, it really does. And, and the reason why uh, design collective reached out to me, I don't think I've said their name before, but yeah, the reason why they reached out to me was because of, so I didn't actually end up building the MVP because I ended up building Knight instead. Um, but I was around them in the original meetings and the planning meetings and the scope preparation and stuff. And apparently um, they liked how I was giving feedback and they liked how I was involved with the meetings. And that's why they approached me in the first place. And it was crazy because like I said, it wasn't a lot of like over the months of working with them on an app. It was just a few days in a few meetings, you know, I mean... I thought that was pretty awesome that they felt highly enough of me based off of that to approach me with an offer. Yeah, that's super cool. And I mean, it just kind of goes to show how important paying attention in meetings actually is. <laughs> people people are always so down on meetings. And I, I agree when those meetings are unnecessary. But like if you're in an important meeting, paying attention and doing a good job is really just the most important thing at that point. <laughs> Yeah, just being present. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just being just being present. It's really easy, especially in our industry, to as like as a programmer in the past, I've been like, Oh, I'm the programmer, you know, so I would I, I'm more it's more important for me to be getting work done and I don't need to be in this stupid meeting. And granted there are meetings that have wasted my time, but I, I think it's important even if you're not programming and it's if you're doing something that's related to your job, just to be present. Be as present there as you are as you're programming. I, I think that's a huge thing. And I mean, that kind of that same thing goes for, for everything. It's just like, even when the stuff isn't super fun, whether that's like browser testing or setting up A-B tests or implementing Google Analytics events or whatever that is, <laughs> all that stuff is actually really important. And it, it can feel like a waste of time or like, oh man, I should be working on this. I got to fix these bugs or I got to implement this feature. But like all, all of this stuff does matter. And it all plays a big part in making a, a useful thing over the course of however long. Yeah, I think it all comes back to empathy. And if you find yourself in a position where you're struggling with that, you know, like you said, as as mundane as setting up Google Analytics tracking events can be, I think that if you find yourself struggling with that, being like, this really sucks, and I really don't want to do this, it's just time for a break. Go outside, go to the gym, go do something, get away from the computer for a bit. That's one thing that I've been really learning the hard way, especially trying to uh, familiarize myself with a new code base 
in a pretty large code base is that I'm very bad at taking breaks when I need to. And I kind of know that I need to take a break because I'm not necessarily retaining any more information and I'll just kind of try to bang through it. But yeah, if, if you find yourself in that position where you're not, um, not that you have to enjoy setting up Google tracking events, but if you're not present anymore, it's just time for a break. On another unrelated note, I got a phone call from my pal, friend of the show, Nabil Kaz. Well, Papa Nabil called me up. And I hope he hears that. <laughs> uh, he's he's a really awesome guy. Uh, but he called me up today. He was just in a car and he was thinking about um, just how difficult it is to learn how to program and get traction on that. So Nabil is primarily a designer and there's been a few times where he's jumped into programming and he's gone through the Rails tutorial and some other things. Uh, so props to him for, I mean, first thing out of the gate, running through the Rails tutorial. It's pretty intense stuff. You did the whole thing? I think so. Man, that's a lot. That's a lot. He used to come over to my house after work and we would work out in my garage and then he would work on the Rails tutorial. <laughs> um, but anyway, he called me up and he was just talking about, he'd been feeling a little bit discouraged lately because the programming stuff hasn't been sticking. And I know I've mentioned it probably in every episode in the last few weeks, but um, basically like everything he was talking about, I, I kept hearing it and I was like, that sounds like imposter syndrome. Like kind of when you see people sharing about the work they're doing, you assume they know everything you'd know plus whatever they're sharing about, which isn't true. Mm-hmm. And then it was hitting him hard because he's a really talented designer and illustrator. And he also has invested a little time in programming. So he feels like he should be further along maybe than he is. And yeah, so he called me because he wanted to ask, he knows that you and I have historically had to learn lots of different things quickly uh, for our jobs. And he wanted to know, was there anything that I do specifically to help with that? And the first thing I did was just encourage him like, hey man, uh, programming is not easy. And there's a lot of people going around that says, oh, everyone can learn how to program. It's easy. It's not easy. And there's a lot to it and it takes a while and it's frustrating. Um, So, you know, I just encouraged him like, if you don't feel like you've made progress, you've probably made more progress than you think. And it's not going to be easy regardless, you know. But the second thing was, I was just talking about, or I just kind of mentioned to him how I can clearly identify different periods in my life where I'm able to learn quickly and where I'm not able to learn quickly. And a lot of it has to do with my ability to focus and how, uh, like how much sleep I'm getting, how much good food I'm getting, how much rest I'm getting, exercise and all that stuff. Because I find that when I'm, you know, even though I feel like there's something big I need to learn or there's a lot of work I have to get done, the more that I focus on my body and myself, the more productive I am on the other side and the more I'm able to retain information. And it's hard because when you feel pressure to learn something or when you feel pressure to get work done, that seems like the opposite of what you want to be doing, right? Is getting away from the computer. Um, but for me, that's what actually works. So after we're done with this call, I'm feeling burnt out. I'm just going to go and work out or something. I don't know. But that's kind of what I told him. Like you need to take care you need to take care of your body first and do all that stuff first and don't let the pressure get to you because programming is always going to be there. And if you're taking care of yourself and you're making sure the input uh, for your body is good, then your output of energy and your memory is going to be good too. So I just wanted to drop that little note of encouragement. If you're feeling frustrated or like you're falling behind, you know, make sure not to burn yourself out make sure not to burn the candle on both ends. Make sure to take care of yourself. And if you put in the effort and if you stay persistent, which is the biggest thing, it'll, it'll pay off. Well, I think, I think there's another component to that too, which is that both of us have had to learn a lot of new things relatively quickly for, for our jobs. But I think it's important to note that that wasn't just us spontaneously learning things. That was us having to do that for work and having a very defined goal in mind, not just, oh, I want to learn 
whatever. It, but it was always, I need to build this thing and it has to be built in technology X. Mm-hmm. So I need to learn technology X at least enough to build the product I'm working on right now. And it's it's been very few times in my life, at least, where I've learned something in programming just because I wanted to. It was always like, even even when I was first learning and teaching myself, it wasn't just like, oh, I want to learn to program. I always had a specific thing that I wanted to make. And the programming was just a means to get to having that thing done. So, I mean, when I was a kid, it was like, I want to have a website for me. And not not really because I wanted to learn how to program, but just because I wanted to have a website and that was the thing I needed to do to have a website. As, as that progressed, it was like, oh, I want my website to be able to do this thing. I guess, what is this, JavaScript? Okay, <laughs> I guess I'll learn about that because that seems to be the way I can make snowflakes appear on my webpage right. around Christmas time. Like it was never, it was never motivated out of a desire to really learn how to program, weirdly enough. It was just that I wanted the end result of that. Thanks for listening to Does Not Compute. After this episode, Sean and I are going to be taking a bit of an end of year break, but we'll be back in action with new episodes every week starting on January 10th, 2017. We hope you enjoy today's episode and have a lovely end of your year.